0: Welcome to the Streetlights America podcast, a production of Streetlights America Ministries, encouraging the redeemed and restoring the lost. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Streetlights America podcast. My name is Daniel King. It's nice to have you with us today. So today we're actually going to start by reading Matthew 7 verses 7 through 11. Now, The reason why I'm starting here is because there are two aspects to God that we all kind of know. We all know him to be our savior, a compassionate person, a compassionate being. But also, people see him as a provider, which he absolutely is. However, there's a side to this that I feel like nobody talks about. And I think it really needs to be addressed because too many people get this padded idea. This protected padded idea, if you will. And there's a side to this that I want to talk a little bit about afterwards. But first, I need to read you this so that you can get the context of where I want to go with this. So Matthew 7 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Now, oftentimes when people read this, and I read it this way myself for years, that God is going to be our fate. That God is our faithful provider, which He absolutely is. He will provide for our needs. But sometimes I feel like when people read this, they'll think that life's just gonna be good. Life's just gonna be perfect. It's just gonna be squeaky clean, no problems. But that doesn't seem to be the case. In fact, I have heard stories, uh, and personally, I don't know anybody who's had this happen, but I've heard stories of people who, you know, God provided for them. But then at one point when he didn't provide the way they thought he was supposed to, they just walked off and left, and they just figured that God was not worth following if he wasn't going to provide the way that they asked. However, there is a reason for this. It's not that God doesn't care, but there's a time and a place for everything. And also, there's a much more important higher calling on top of all that, which I will talk about a little bit later. Scripture even tells us that there is a season for everything. When you look around at the world around you, you never have a perfect time, a perfect everything, ever. There's a time for everything. Ecclesiastes 3 verses 1 through 9 actually, in a very poetic way, puts this forward. Verse 1 states, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. And if you read the rest of this, it basically says there's a time for everything that happens, everything that happens. For instance, starting at verse two, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up. And it goes on and on. If you read the whole thing, it talks about not just, you know, structural things, not just planting, not just harvest, but also talks about emotional things, weeping and laughter, mourning and dancing, building and tearing down. If you look at scripture from beginning to end, from the creation to the time of Israel, to the kingdoms, to the prophets, to the exile, to the coming of Christ, to the apostles, It's never been just an easy, smooth ride. Ever. And scripturally speaking, there is a time for everything. Even things that we dislike, there is a reason, there is a purpose. Sometimes we have to do things that we dislike in order to move forward with whatever God's calling us to do. Sometimes we have to make a change that we don't like. Sometimes we have to do something we absolutely love because we know it's good. And if you read into it, there's a time to say yes, and there's a time to say no. So then, if it really is all, so then how are we supposed to take Matthew 7 then? Because oftentimes when somebody's struggling, we read that one section out of context, and we say, oh, you see, God's just going to provide for everything off the bat immediately. But there's another side to this. Oftentimes we ask, but we ask amiss. If I, I, I don't have the scripture up in front of me, but I believe it's James that it says that you ask of God. But no, no, no. It wasn't James. Actually, I take that back. It is in James. James 4 verse 3 it says that you do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may consume it on your own lust. Now, the reason why I'm bringing that up is because the next verse I want to move on to is one that I have shared before, Jeremiah 19.11. Now, I've shared this one because it is indeed an encouragement to us in this day and age, but there's more to it than that. You see, when Jeremiah was writing this to his people, they were in exile. The children of Israel were sent out of their land For their disobedience to the Lord, and they were in the care and they were under the leadership of the Babylonians. Now, in Jeremiah 29, Jeremiah encourages his people to continue living their lives and did not just quit living because the Lord had not forgotten them. But there's another piece to this future and hope that God is giving them. So 11 through 13 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call on me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me. Then you will search for me with all your heart. Now, you see the last two verses there, verses 12 and 13. What is often not read whenever this verse, whenever this passage of scripture is shared are those two verses. Now, remember context, children of Israel, they're in exile. And God is telling them to plant vineyards, to raise families, even though they're in a strange foreign land, and to know that God still cares for them in spite of what has happened. But he also tells them that they will call on him And he will begin to restore them in that manner. And that by seeking him, then they will find the peace and they will understand what the Lord has planned for them. So in case I haven't made it clear, I think the reason why we don't understand Matthew 7 and why people oftentimes get disgruntled when they pray or ask god for their to protect or cover their needs and he doesn't answer at least in the way that they want him to or in some cases it seems like he's not answering at all it's because we're asking in the wrong heart and also asking for the wrong reasons too now don't get me wrong i do believe a hundred percent that the lord provides for the needs of his people i can testify to that i've been in a few situations where i probably should not have been As far as financial and personal care and all those things go, he has provided. But more importantly, he's provided for my spiritual needs. But there's this other step that he asks of us, to seek him and to seek the kingdom of God. And I believe that is really the reason why people don't always understand Matthew 7, verse 7, of course. And to prove that point, I would like to move on to Matthew 6 verses 31 to 34. Now, remember I said earlier that I oftentimes feel like Matthew 7, verses 7 through 12 are oftentimes misunderstood is because I feel like they're not in full context. What I'm about to read to you next actually comes before this. In Matthew 6, verses 31 to 34 say this, Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Now, thinking back to 7, if you look at it in that context, what he is saying to his disciples and to those who are listening to him at that time in chapter 7, was that God is not going to do anything or give anything to you that is terrible because he is a good God. He is a good father. While Matthew 6, which actually comes before this, lets you know up front that the kingdom of God should be at the forefront of everything that you do and everything that you seek. And finishing off Matthew 6... Except verse 34: Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. God does not want us to care so much about our personal needs as He does for the kingdom of God, as He does for reaching those who need to hear the message of salvation, as it is for us to be faithful to her families, to her wives, to her husbands, to her children, her grandchildren. And to have the heart of God is the most important thing above all. Yes, the Lord will provide for your every needs. He does that. But the kingdom of God comes first. If it's not first in your life, you're just treating him like a genie in a bottle. And as much as God God loves and wants to care for you, who likes being treated like a vending machine? And sometimes a loving God and a loving Father will oftentimes say no. Just because you want something doesn't mean it's what you should have. Ecclesiastes makes it clear. There's a season for everything. There's a time to do everything. So please do not ask amiss. Now, once more, I do not want to diminish the needs of anybody. We all actually have legitimate needs. We absolutely do. But Jesus promised that if you seek first the kingdom of God, seek first his calling on your life, and seek to love one another as much as you love yourself, And to love your enemies and to pray for those who persecute you. As long as you search for the kingdom of God and seek to get that out to the people who need it most, God will provide for every need. I'm not saying you need to be a missionary necessarily. But to seek the kingdom of God means to bring it into your life and to share it with those within your grasp, within your reach. Seek first the kingdom of God, and it will be added to you. The Lord will provide your every needs. And be willing to accept the yeses and the noes. But more importantly, seek the kingdom of God above all. There is a lot this world offers, but it's not enough. And it cannot compare to what the Lord is setting forth for you. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. If you want to be alerted every time we publish a new podcast, please be sure to subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher Radio. You can also find our podcast at streetlightsamerica.com. Also be sure to check us out on Facebook. And as always, thank you so much for listening, and may God bless you.